You're listening to Life on Hi-Fi, the podcast, and I'm your host, Dominic Justina. All right. So as I said before, it's going to be a conversation. I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm asking spirit to lead because I really want this to be um, a divine conversation. I know you're sick. So if you need to cough or sneeze, cough or sneeze. If you need to take a break, get some water, do that. Right. Um, and things can be edited in and out. So don't feel like you're ugh, like, don't feel uptight. Just be as relaxed as you, as you can be. Okay. Um, I got yeah. <coughs> so, hey y'all, welcome to Life on Hi-Fi. I have um, my guest, a special guest in the building, um, starting to become a friend. He's the young brother of my, I know. Do you feel weird if I say a young brother, the younger brother? I mean, I am the younger brother, so I really can't, like, okay. I can't deal with Okay. <laughs> He's the I younger guess. brother of one of my good friends, Audrey. Um, he's a lover of God. And you know what? Here's the first question. I feel like God is asking me to ask you this. Why do you love him? Why do I love God? Mm-hmm. The question? Um, so for me, the reason why I love God Ah, there's actually so many. There's so many reasons, but I'll, I'll keep it short. I'll keep it to two. One, okay. I love God because He loves me through my imperfections. Ooh, and yeah. it's like I always look at it. And I'm like, look, as much as I'm not perfect, I look at it. And I'm like, how can someone, how can someone still be there for me when I when I just do so much nonsense? Because there's so much times where like, there's times where I can be distant. There's times where I can mess up. I can miss the mark. But knowing that God is still there, right? God is still there for me. On top of the fact that, like, I had another one, too. Um, oh, okay, yeah. This is this is my, um, I'll say it in an analogy and I'll explain it. Because it makes sense when I put it in an analogy. <clears throat> and I was actually telling my, I was telling my dad this the other day. I look at life like, a, like a, you know, it's, it's called a jigsaw puzzle. There we go. You see how, like, you can have a 100-piece puzzle, but, mm-hmm. like, if you miss one piece, it stands out. Like, let's say, for mm-hmm. example, let's say we had a picture of, of Thomas the Tank Engine, given an example. Or even let's even just say the Jamaican flag, just to add more context. Um, <laughs> just, you know you know what I'm saying? Um, so let's say, for example, I have an 100-piece puzzle, but I'm missing one piece, right? Mm-hmm. Even even though I have 99 pieces, you're always going to point to that one missing piece, right? So mm-hmm. I use that in an example where your life can be sorted out in a sense, but without yeah. God, you'll always feel like there's something missing. No matter how, yes. no matter oh how constructed it is, no matter how, you, how successful you're getting, there's always that one thing, that one element. That's why there's times where like, even like there was a time where I kind of strayed away from, from God in my life. I thought I had everything figured out. But I still felt empty. As much as I was like, ah, this is working. This is this is happening. You know, I've done this. I've, I've achieved this. It's like, there's still that one thing. It was like, in my heart internally, I knew I was missing something. So it's like, I always tell people, I'm like, look, God is so great. Because even though, like, I quote unquote was away, he mm-hmm. was still calling me. You see what I'm saying? Because that, that, that little emptiness feeling, that's, I, feel, I look at that as like God calling me as well. Mm-hmm. That that was a big understanding thing for me, um, mm-hmm. especially like when I realized that like nothing was working until like I actually decided to let God in. So mm-hmm. kind of goes back to my point of understanding that without God, like there's really like you really can't do anything. Like without God, you'll always feel like there's something missing. Um, I so, can yeah, relate I, to that feeling. I can relate to that feeling so much. And so those two answers is exactly why I also love God. It's the yeah. overwhelming feeling of God, you love me, even though there's seasons in my life where I've been trifling, yeah, right, and I've stared away from you and your way. And it's also, I'm nothing without you, yeah, personally. That's how I feel right now. I, I know you're, 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 um, the way you said it was more, there's going to always be a missing piece, um, yeah. and that made me remember my second why, which is. I am literally nothing like even though I've had things figured out in the past, like career wise, I got I broke into tech. I got into a two year relationship where I was like, okay, I can 
I got to a point where I was like, I could see myself marrying this person. You know, I had so many friends. I was going out on trips. I was, you know, I thought I was mastering life. Yeah. Bruh, I was so far. <laughs> I was so far. My relationship with God was just so, Um, you know, that one friend that you don't really talk to as often as you probably should you're not nurturing or feeding or pouring into that relationship and so it's kind of like eh. like I feel yeah. like that's what the it was becoming more distant and distant until I felt so distant from God that void and this was in 2022 I had that void like I was just like something is missing my internal world usually stirs and it's really rich and in that year I could not connect with that internal world i was antsy i was like okay i need that next dopamine hit i need some external thing right to stimulate me i was like that's weird you know i must i'm so disconnected and where does the spirit of god live inside of us yeah so 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 now i'm like i'm disconnected from the spirit in me and even if the spirit in me is talking i wouldn't value it or i wouldn't be obedient you know yeah kind of wild yeah. i really resonate with that that's deep that's really deep like the spirit of god really does live inside of us right and mm-hmm. that's also kind of also the thing that also because i realized another thing that i used to also do is whenever let's say i messed up that would be my my um i don't want to say excuse but like it'll be like a determining factor for me to even distance myself but then i also came to this understanding that when you know who's inside of you and when you know who's like who's who's like who you're serving like, you cannot allow yourself to be distant when you, let's say, mess up. Because the best thing to do is when you're when you're messing up, and it's funny, mm. I actually heard this from, um, I went to an event and I heard this. When your phone is messing up, like, let's say you have an iPhone, right? If your phone's messing mm-hmm. up, what would be the smartest thing to do? Think of it Me? Like that. Yeah. If, the let's smartest say your phone thing was... to do is call Apple. Yeah, right? It wouldn't the make sense. Manufacture, the manufacturer of the phone. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense for you to bring your phone to, let's say, Dollarama or Walmart or wherever. <laughs> but the, the thing is, why why is it that you would bring it to Apple? That's I know where you're going with this, huh? <laughs> you'll bring it to Apple. Exactly. Because, exactly. Because Apple created it, right? Exactly. So yeah. When you're going yeah. through issues, why go to other things when you can go to the person that actually manufactured you, created you? Yeah. So yeah. that was um yeah. A deep understanding for me. So yeah, just Do you know what the it. issue do you know what the issue is though? I think I think um ah, ah, okay, this part of the relationship with God is you acknowledging like if you're messing up, this part of the relationship with God is you acknowledging that like hey, he is also my redeemer, right? Mm-hmm. He can make um what's the word? You can you can turn water into wine. You literally, anything you touch can be t- turned to gold, right? You can derive, ooh, um, beauty from ashes, right? Understanding his power in redemption. Um, and some people feel like they have to go in that relationship perfect. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's because it's not understanding how much of a redeeming God he is. Like, you don't have to be perfect. You can go dirty. Go as you are. Go as you are. And I think... Many of us feel shame. It's like, oh, we're already in too deep on the side, the wrong side of history or the wrong side of where we should be with God. And so it becomes harder to kind of pull back. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, I'm going to have to confess, confess this, 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 this. I'm going to feel so convicted. Like I am not worthy. I'm not deserving. And the thing is, I've gotten so much closer to God. Like me and God, like I'm hearing his voice so much more clearly. Our relationship is so much better. However, I sometimes still feel like I'm not worthy. So can you imagine like, and I've been, you know, doing my best to become more obedient. I've been changing. My heart's been changing. I've been more focused on God. And still I'm like, I am not worthy. So imagine doing all the things that aren't of God, God consciously and not focusing on him and feeling like, yo, bro. Mm. But then, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to go <laughs> and act like sorry and another thing I've heard too I don't know if you have something to say about this one is yeah. I don't want it to seem like I'm only going to him when I want something or when I need something mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I'm going to go to God, but I'm going to only give thanks. I'm not actually going to confess. I'm struggling with this thing. Mm. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I, and, I, and I understand that fully. But my thing, mm-hmm. I think of it like this. Like, I mean, after coming back to God, I realized like there's, I think, I feel like people don't really understand the word relationship. Like when you think of the word relationships, like even let's even just say as like a regular relationship, right? Like a regular friendship, connection, anything, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, right? Mm-hmm. But understanding that like, even though there's ups and there's down, when you have a real relationship with someone, there's always mm-hmm. forgiveness, there's always grace, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as much as, and even when it comes to like going, when, when I go back to that whole relationship thing, it's like mm-hmm. through a relationship, like for a relationship to really be strong, you need to be genuine. If there's no genuinity, the relationship is not where it has to be, right? So the same with God. Like, if you're not genuine with God, you can't expect him to be as close to you as you think he should be. Like, if it's just, I'm going to give thanks to God, but when I mess up, I'm going to go and do something else. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go turn to something else. God doesn't want that. He really yeah. doesn't. He wants, yeah. like, you to be as genuine as possible and go to him and be like, look, look, God, I messed up today. Like, I know, what, I know what I did is wrong, and I'm really, really, really sorry. I want to repent, right? Rather than being like, I'm going to just distance myself, go do something else. When I feel like I can get close to God, and I'm going to come back and be like, oh, heavenly Father, thankful Father, great, great Father, great I am, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's going to look at you like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. So that's how I view it. I mean, but I do see what you're saying. Like, some like, people feel like it's like they're dirty and that, you know, maybe it's not the, maybe like going to God whenever they're, whenever they feel dirty, it's like not the right thing, but Mm -hmm. that's the time when you should go. Like, that's how I see it. When you're dirty, when you're, when you're unperfect, when you feel like nothing, when you feel like, like a shame, Mm -hmm. that's like the time when God really also wants you to come to him. Not just when you're perfect because nobody's perfect. We're never going to be perfect. (laughs) There's a, there's a verse that's coming. Like I, you know, when you have the verse, like the understanding of the verse, but you can't remember its location and exact wording. There is a verse that talks about the importance of confessing, the importance of being like straight up, authentically you. If you don't confess your sin, if you're not open about your sin, about the things you're struggling with, then how are you going to get healed from it? How are you going to get delivered from it? How are you going to be blessed in that area? Mm. And so it now becomes a thing where it's like, not only do I want to be, have a real authentic relationship with God. I also want to bring him into what I'm going through here, bring him into this area of darkness so that his presence will allow light to shine through it because that's how I become healed. And sometimes it means you're going to, feel shame like I felt shame I felt convicted before um so I remember and I'm so thankful for this in 2022 again like when everything was going all great from the outside and I was feeling like something was missing um I would party a lot right yeah and so at this point I'm like I'd be in spaces where it was just not like glorifying God like the music alcohol like it just was not and I don't know if you're familiar with dancehall music oh but not Christian dancehall though <laughs> so, oh no no I, there that's is... what I'm saying me I, I've, I've had my fair share of nonsense <laughs> oh, okay fair share of nonsense <laughs> Well, there's some like really unruly dance all out there that's glorifying violence, killing death, like all the things that we shouldn't. Um, Spirit of lust is all over dipped and and, and baked into that thing. Um, And uh, yeah, I just I remember in closer relationship with God, I was feeling like how wrong some of the things I did were like how it wasn't pleasing to God. And I felt terrible. But I had to invite God into that space to feel how wrong it was and then to pray, right? To pray about it. And to, to, and to be honest, I, those things don't have strongholds over me anymore. But I feel like if I didn't, if I hit it and I'd like go listen to it in my private time and then yeah. come to God and be like, thank you for the birds. 
thank you for the trees. You know, like I feel, <laughs> I feel like I am delaying where God is calling me to be. And I'm still holding on to things because sometimes we might be subconsciously still holding on to things that are not serving us. Right. And God can really help help us to let go. We might not have the strength to let it go. Our flesh is probably like, nah, you need me. But God's like, nah, you don't. That's a counterfeit. If you don't have that, nah, you don't. That's a counterfeit voice playing in your head. The you need me voice becomes much louder, right? I think. And it's like, I know somewhere in my mind that it's probably not working. Um, or helping me in the long run, but I'm, I kind of love the comfort. I kind of yeah. love the familiarity and I kind of like the vibe. It's very, it satisfies my flesh. It satisfies, it pleasures me in the moment. So I'm just gonna mm. stick to it. And that's dangerous. So bring God into the relationship. That's not working. Bring God into the porn addiction, bring God into the, you know, the drug, like bring him into the most unlikely places. Mm-hmm. It's not it's like where was Jesus? He was his ministry was in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go on a, <laughs> a rant. <laughs> I could rant about this for days, but like bring God into the messy parts. It's so important to bring God into the messy parts. And it, and it, and when I when something that you said that really struck out that <clears throat> that when I heard I was like it's 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 something that we a lot of people start to take into consideration. Like mm-hmm. Temporary satisfaction is only temporary, right? Mm-hmm. You see how you said like certain things like your flesh is is in need of it, like mm-hmm. especially when it's like when it, when you're in that type of cycle where it's like, let's say for example you're going through something, let's say you're living a very worldly secular life, you're going through something, you're like, oh, you know, what? let me just let me just go dance, let me go to the let me go to the club or something, or you know, what? let me go let me go smoke, let me go watch porn, let me go do something like that, right? If you realize and Look, I've had, like I said, I've had my fair share of nonsense. If you realize, you may do that, but after after that day ends, and you go to the next day, you have that same feeling of emptiness. You have that same feeling that you're feeling before. Because what happens mm-hmm. is, that thing is more so a temporary, temporary numbing, if I can say it like that. So then you constantly find yourself having to go through that and constantly trying to relive that type of satisfaction. So then you find yourself going back to that place over and over and over and over again. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, because you're trying to fill that kind of void. Whereas, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like allowing God to be in your life, no matter what the situation is, you know. And even another scripture that came to my mind is the scripture that says, um, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you, right? Mm-hmm. Of all unrighteousness, mm-hmm. right? So any form of unrighteousness that you've done, any form of uncleanliness, as long as you confess, that's when he forgives. And if you look at it like someone like David, right? David mm-hmm. is the perfect example. If you look at David, he killed somebody's husband, slept with someone's wife. What else did he do? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, David, I mean, those are the main two. I can't remember the rest of them, but he did a lot of stuff. But as much as he did all those things, God mm-hmm. still called him a man after his own heart. Why did he do that? Because of his repentance, mm-hmm. right? So I guess mm-hmm. that's my little two cents to add that like, no matter what the situation is, don't put like temporary satisfaction in there. Like you're going to have to continue, continuously find yourself going through that cycle in order to feel that numbing. Whereas mm-hmm. if you put God in your life and if you follow after God, it's like, mm-hmm. like we were saying, that hole is filled, right? You don't have to find yourself going through that temporary satisfaction anymore once you fully mm-hmm. accept the God into your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And I was thinking, you're like, what made it different? Because it's these people that were blessed and did great things. David, the same guy who was able to defeat a giant with five stones and a slingshot. Um, do what the king couldn't do. Do what the army couldn't do. Is the same guy who was blessed by God. Ooh. Became king. But also is the same guy that was imperfect and sinned and murdered and... You know, like all these things, right? Slept with someone's wife. You were listing it. Yeah. And that's that's how it is. Like, we're human. We're human mm. and we're always going to be short of perfect. No one's expecting you to be perfect. God surely isn't. He's the one who created you. He knew. He he knows. He knows, he knows what's in you. He knows. Um, Bring him along for the ride. 
So David, since we're talking about scripture, yeah, David had a son. Um, because of David's sin, <laughs> um, God was like, nah, fam, like, you're not building my temple. I'd rather your son do it because he's pure right now. Mm. <laughs> and so Solomon was, because of the righteousness of his dad, you know, he got the blessings, you know, his blood, David's bloodline. He became, he, he became the richest king, right? Up to that time, like richer mm-hmm. than his dad. He didn't fight no giant, but like that blessing from his dad trickled on him. And then he also knew the love of God, I guess, from just being around his dad. Yeah. Um, And he had a personal <clears throat> relationship with God for himself. Now his story you would think, oh, yeah, he's going to, you know, a man after his own heart. Like, he's going to have a similar trajectory of his dad. Like, you know, mess up, but confess to God and, you know, still be the apple of God's eye. And man, oh, man, when I was reading that, I was like, dang. <laughs> when I got to the end, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was rooting for you. This man, I was like, okay, you're rich. No, you're you're living for God. You're building the temple. Um you have all this property, you have all this influence, like you're really doing it. Cause you know, you always hear how it's hard for rich people to make it into heaven because you know, yeah. the money corrupts you. I'm like, here's this guy, man. Like he's, he's the, really the poster child of like, he's inspiring me right now. And then, and Oh, he also dreams. And in the dream, he asked God for wisdom when he could have asked God for literally money, riches, women, anything else right he asked god for wisdom and god said you know because you asked for this i'm gonna give you that and more and then some right mm-hmm. and so i'm just like wow he's really stewarding this all so well <laughs> then it gets to his head it gets to his yeah. head he starts um i think it started with women guys guys i'm just gonna say this be careful of the woman same for a woman too yeah. Be careful of the relationships that you bring into your life. He starts <clears throat> marrying or um forming relationships with women who were not godly women. Mm. They had they were serving other gods, you know, idols. He starts building these temples for idols, I guess, to appease the woman, and now he's into it too. He's now worshiping up it's again trifling. But <laughs> he, here's what David did. He repented and God helped to turn him around. Here's what Solomon didn't do. At least I didn't get to that part. And you could correct me if I'm wrong. I think I finished the chapter and he, he didn't repent. Did he repent? No, he didn't. Okay, cool. He did not repent. He did not repent. And so cue, he falls. Cue the fall of King Solomon the best to ever do it, the greatest, the richest at the time. Mm. So that repenting, as you're right, like that really does show how, because he could have, he could have said, he could have brought God into the middle of it. And Mm. there's a part of me that wonders like, I mean, it's hard at the time, but it's so pleasure driven. (sighs) Yeah, it would have been hard. I mean, it would have been hard because it's so messy. It's so shameful. It's like, why am I? But if he did, I have a feeling he mm-hmm. would have been redeemed. He, God would have, would have given him the strength to let go, even if he really physically did not want to let go. Even if he feared letting go, God would have given, given him the strength. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah. And you know something else that just came to my mind? Like. What? And I and it's it's a thing that a lot of people I don't I don't know what the word is, but okay, let me say I'm gonna say it in a Toronto way, but you'll understand what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Wait, are you gonna do the Toronto? <laughs> All right, go on, go on. Let me hear. Like, let me hear. When people get gassed, they start to lose themselves, and I realize that like okay. even that's even in we even see it in the Bible, like for example with Solomon people started to exalt Solomon at such a high level that he also started to lose himself, right? Mm. Um, like, for example, Saul. When Saul was... Saul is the one thing... That's the one guy that whenever I read the story, just I just don't get it. You're told to do something. Now people are telling you, oh, you know, Saul, you're so amazing. This, now he's telling... When God told you to go in there, 
and fulfill a mission. I tell people, oh, bring what, bring whatever you need with you. Like, you know, do your thing. Instead of just listening to what people are saying, understand that, like, there needs to be a certain level of humility, right? So Wait, clear that, clear that, because I feel like people who listening might not have full context of the story. So, okay, so break it down a little bit. So, we'll have, give me the quick synopsis. Okay, so if I can remember everything correctly, I remember that God sent Saul. I forgot where he sent him. I don't know why my brain is just not clicking right now. Okay, we don't we don't need to. So if you're just like, God told him to do something. Wait, first of all, who's Saul? Okay. <laughs> so Saul. So pretty much to summarize everything, Saul was the king before David, right? Let's, let's, go, yeah. in, let's just put that into context. Mm-hmm. God gave Saul um, a mission to go and do something, and um, not leave with not leave with anything. I think it was just to go there, do something, come right back. That was pretty much like a gist of it. If we're to yeah. explain it in layman terms. Yeah. Go there, go with people, go, don't take anything, fulfill your mission, just come back. That's the plan. But as he's going, right, and you know, he's also feeling like a king. He's feeling like a like um how do I talk about he's feeling like he's feeling like a top dog. There we go. That's what that's what I was gonna try to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling like a he's feeling like a guy, right? Um you feel like a guy. <laughs> yeah, you feel like a guy. You know what I'm saying? Like a now, guy, that guy. Who's yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, you are gasping. I'm like, ah, ah, Saul, I see what you're saying. I see you. And then now Saul's like, oh, I have all these people. Everybody, Everybody's kind of gassing me. Matter of fact, you guys get what you need. Do what you need. Like, if you, What, you see a watch there? Go get it. Oh, you see Oh, you see a, a, a Benz? Go get the Benz. Like, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating the story. But yeah. he's like... Instead of fulfilling the mission, because, you know, he was kind of exalted in a way by people, he lost himself. And it's the same thing with Solomon, right? Because Solomon was also seen as the most wisest man of all, right? People put him at such a pedestal that he also kind of lost himself, right? But the one thing that, that came to my mind now is that you need to have a certain level of humility. And when, when we think oh, of the word yeah. humility, like yeah. people forget what humility is. Humility mm-hmm. is not just, uh, you know, I'm just going to look at myself as less. That's not the full definition of humility. Humility is having... Wait, hold full... on. Give me a second. My dog just moved my ring light. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> my dog just moved my... Okay, give me a sec. Yeah, no worries. Hi. I'm even going to use the washroom. <laughs> okay. Kyle, can you fix this ring light? <laughs> Campbell, I can't believe I What's wrong with him? No, don't move it, but just like make it so that it's standing up straight because it's bent up now. And then also, if you can just kindly take him away because. Bozzy, that was so uncalled for. This is a quick podcast No worries, I feel that. I feel that. Maybe he needed to maybe he knew you needed to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> respect to your dog, because he knew he knew what, what I was feeling. I was I've been holding this since morning, but it's okay. <laughs> Why were you holding it? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes mentally, because okay, how do I say this? Is what like mentally because when I whenever like, when, I, when I was growing up, I'd always be in a situation where I need to pee, so I'd be like, but I, whenever I wanted to pee, people would be like, just hold it, because we'd be driving all the time. So in my mind, I'm always like, until I need to go badly, I'm not going. But now nah, I'm good. Uh, okay, so let me tell you why you should not do that anymore. You can get a UTI. By holding your pee too long. Huh? <laughs> you can get a urinary tract infection by holding your pee too long. <laughs> and it's not fun. It burns, it hurts, it bleeds. You don't want that. So... Wait, did you say UTI? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, as in urinal trans- transmitted something? Like urinal something? Urinary tract infection. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's oh. happened to me before. So... <laughs> 
You got a UTI from holding your pee? Mm-hmm. And like, what happens when that happens? Like, what's like the side effect? Okay, here's a quick segue or like a detour, but <laughs> this is important because health is wealth. Um, so when you pee, it burns, but then you also, and I was a kid and I like, I wasn't, I was very much a virgin, so I knew it wasn't anything like sexual or anything. Um, yeah. um, yeah, when you pee, it burns. And then there's a little bit of blood. So there's like visually it's like reddish or Ooh. orangish mixed with, with your pee. Um, it has a strong scent. I know this is like TMI, but you asked for it. It has a strong scent. And also you want to literally pee all the time. So imagine peeing and then five minutes later, you have the sensation to pee again. But then you're like, oh, come on. It was so uncomfortable. It burned. Like, it's it's not great at all. So basically, that's the those are the side effects. Now, how you get that treated, I remember going to the doctor and he was like, are you having sex, basically? I was like, no, ew. Um, <laughs> and then he was like, are you sure? Because my mom was in the room and he was like, are you sure you're not saying it just because your mom is in there? I'm like, First of all, if I was, this is so snakish. <laughs> but also, I said that in my head, and but also I was like, no, I, I'm serious. So yeah. then he was like, okay, well, it's probably because you have a habit of holding your pee. Because I told him, I told him that, right? Yeah. Um, and then I looked it up. I think if you look up, Google it, you should see it, right? Um, so he gave me treatment, and it was antibiotics, and also drink lots of cranberry juice. So, Cranberry yeah, interesting. yeah, it's so random and it doesn't last for an extended period of time. But when it does last, ooh, for the time it does last, it just is. <laughs> and yeah. I'll keep that in mind now. Note to self, pee when you need to pee. I guess you can get back into what I was saying. Pretty much what I was trying to say was like humility is is not fully understood. Mm-hmm. Humility, people mostly think humility is just you know, kind of putting yourself at a, at a low, but that's not the full extent of humility. The real definition of humility is putting your 100% trust in God, right? Where it's like, mm. no matter what the situation is, like, for example, in, in mm. Saul's situation, what he should have done was think like this. Even though it doesn't make sense, even though there might be things where I'm kind of confused, because you said this, I'm going to do it. Like, no matter what the situation is, even though I'm confused, even though, yeah, people are doing this, it's like, keep mm-hmm. the main thing the main thing, right? Put mm-hmm. full trust. It's not like having 50% trust in God where you're like, oh, you know, I heard what God said, but I'm going to still do my own thing. Having like 100% trust in God is how you fulfill, it, like how you 100% fulfill what God wants for you, right? So humility needs to like the definition of humility really has to be like studied right it's after reading my bible that i realized like that's like real humility like if you see an example of someone that was really humble is abraham given an example the situation with his son when god told him to sacrifice his son it doesn't make sense to the normal mind it really doesn't make any sense to the normal mind if we really take time to look at it and think me sacrificing my only child? Are you like what? No, <laughs> like if I was in that same situation, it'll have to. Well, take... God, it was Abraham and not me. I'm yeah, so like I'll have, I'll have to take God to come and literally grab my hand and bring me there. But um, what Abraham did was look. He looked at it like, look, this is this thing doesn't make any sense, but because mm-hmm. God said it, I'm gonna do it. Right? Mm-hmm. That's full acceptance and trust in God. That's full humility. Because Abraham could have been like, God, I'm not doing it. I know, I know you've been with me since the jump. I know, you know, you're, you've, you've rode out for me, but still, I can't do this one. Especially, and one thing I even thought about was, Abraham did this, even while I was having a wife. You can imagine when they came down from the hill, <laughs> like, how awkward it is. Because Sarah had no idea, if you really think about it. So now you come down with your son after almost sacrificing him. So you probably didn't even talk to him for a while. You never know. Um, but like it's a very listen, and this and and this son, (laughs) this son (laughs) took a while to come. 
This yeah. son was the promise of all promises. Like God said to Sarah, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a son. And because Abraham was like, as good as dead, that's how old the Bible says he was. Yeah. Um, and Sarah was like, you're kidding. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling me that Bay is trying to kill him <laughs> up the up the hill? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that's so funny. Can you imagine <laughs> that, like, you're, you're just chilling, you're in your room, and then you're just like, ah, oh, where, where's my husband and my son? And everyone's like, ah, oh, I saw them at the hill. Then you go, you go up there, and you see there's burning, there's, what's the name, there's rocks, and the, your son is tied up like this. And your husband's just looking to the sky like, yes, my lord. Like, you're going to think, what? <laughs> like, there's no way. Or even if they come down the hill and then, because I know, I have this weird feeling that Isaac snitched. I know Isaac snitched. They come down the, they come down the hill. <laughs> and now, they're like, no, Sarah's like, where were you? And then Isaac's like, dad tried to kill me. Now it's like, dad tried to kill you. And it's like, you know, that was the son that we worked for. There was probably some tension inside the house. But still, thinking of that whole story, I'm just like, Abraham had some real, real, real trust in God. Real yeah. trust. Like I'm so grateful that God understands our capacity mm. because God, <laughs> I love you to death. But thinking of that instruction to Abraham, please, please, please yeah. <laughs> get somebody else. You know, like, <laughs> yo, God knows, God knows our capacity. If you're thinking like, yeah, what if, what, no, if that makes you scared and you're like, yeah, I'm not following this, this God yeah. that you're talking about because he's going to ask me to sacrifice. First of all, that was from the Old Testament right? uh-huh. before the presence of God and the force of God, the spirit of God descended into each and every single one of us. Drastic time call for drastic measures during those days, okay? Yeah. We're no longer in those days. Um, but 100% agree with your point, Andrew. Like, what's synonymous to sacrificing a son in this day and age for some of us is breaking up with who you think is the love of your life, who's yeah. staring you away from God. Hmm. Right, like doing the the hard thing, doing the hard thing, not knowing why you should do the hard thing, mm. but saying, "God, I trust you." Anyways, is what Abraham did. Like, I don't know, I don't get it, but okay, like. And that's so real. Like, and if you think yeah. about it, the Bible, the Bible even says, "I know the plans I have for you. I have plans to make you prosper and not to make you perish." Right. But since you're looking at it, like, let's even just say in the terms of relationship, you're thinking, "This is my MCM." My TBT, my what? What else do they say? The love of my life, the 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 sugar to my tea, the the apple of my eye. God knows that. He knows how much you love this person. But whatever, and I and I thought about it this the other day too. Whatever you lose, you'll always gain it back, especially when you have God, right? You may mm-hmm. lose relationship, but maybe God has something more in store for you. Maybe let's even just say you lost a relationship. And you're like, ah, oh, this is the one person that I can see myself living and dying with. If I lose this person, I'm going to die. What? When you lose that person, you'll be so surprised. Eventually, God's going to steer you to somebody else that was directly supposed to be there. Someone that's super aligned with your life. Or even if it's not even a relationship, he might bring you to a place where you never thought you would be. That was way mm-hmm. better for you. Right? Because look, God has, like I said, God has plans to make you prosper, but not to perish. If he feels like something is not good for you, he's going to take it out. Even if you see it as good, mm-hmm. he sees where it can lead you to. Because like, like if we think about it, God knows the end goal, right? We see the current goal. We see the goal that's in front of us, right? So as much as we see something, we're like, oh, this is great. God sees what it's going to lead to, right? Maybe he's mm-hmm. giving you flowers now. He's singing you songs. He's writing you poems. But who knows? Maybe later on he might put you in a situation where... You never wanted to be in. As much as, like, yes, I grew up in the church. There's been times where I've strayed away. And I've had my, my fair share of my nonsense, right? Um, I'll, even, I'll even keep it. Okay, I'll, I'll say a few examples. I'll, I'll, I'll use, we'll use music, for example, as a startup. Because you do music. 
yeah, so I do music. I use music as an example, you know what I'm saying? AJ Vinci, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, like, when it came to music, initially, I was actually, actually started out songwriting. I had no plan of even, you know, making my own music. Then when I kind of came to terms of making my own music, there was that conscious belief that I had to follow a trend, right? So I would make any type of song before, like anything like literally i would make i would make songs you say anything minutes. what you mean <laughs> like super worldly songs like things that like how do i say what does that it? mean like you, <laughs> you see you see how you see like you see the songs that you're talking about in terms of like dance hall think of mm-hmm. that but in like a rap version <laughs> like okay. super like grunge like in the trap this is my life even though it's not <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I, I was that type of guy, right? Um, Not the guy in the suburbs talking about the street life. That kind of guy? Literally, like, think of it like I'm trying to make it back to the streets. Literally. <laughs> like, I'm trying to make it out of the suburbs kind of thing. That was my mindset. But then, um, I remember one time I was, I was, I was, um, and actually, this, and I tell, I tell people this. I was sleeping one day and I had a dream. Ooh. And, the dream was two things. One, I, one thing I heard was, if you tried to do it this way, it won't work, right? And the second thing I heard was the mission of my music, right? Because at first I was like, oh, you know, I'll do this, I'll do this. So I had songs, and even though, like, yes, people like them, it, there was a thing in me where I was like, I just personally don't like it. And I also had mm. this type of thing where I would kind of shield it away from certain crowds. So, like, my mom never listened to my music, never wanted anybody in church to listen to my music, never wanted mm-hmm. anybody that was of the same faith to listen mm-hmm. because I also kind of felt a certain level of shame, right? Even did they though, know yes, you, did they know you were doing music? They actually had no idea. <laughs> like, oh, so you weren't just hiding your creations, you were hiding the fact that you were even creating. Yes. Like, I'm telling mm-hmm. like, I'm, sometimes I'll be like, See, my parents are probably going to watch this. I don't care. I'm, I'm grown. Um, I would be like, oh, I'm going to, like, school or something. Or I'm going to, like, I'm going to, let's say, a choir practice. I'm really just writing music somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, during that time when I was sleeping, one thing that also came to my mind was the vision, right? And that's also what I've thought about. I focus more on edification rather than monetization. Um, and what is that? What do you mean by edification? Um, helping people, like actually helping people, like, you know, feel good about themselves and also understand that, like, um, two things. One, there is a God or there's some type of higher power and that, like, there is, there is, a, there is like, um, how do I say it? I want to I say it in a way that makes sense. Because if I say it the way that's in my head, it's not going to make sense. Um Maybe I'll just say how it's in my head. Um, there's and one thing I realized is like it's, it's kind of going to lead to this point is that like music is a form of expression, right? Music is a message, right? So, and there's people that are struggling with certain things that need to hear a positive message to uplift them. So, like I said, when it comes to edification, focusing on uplifting, focusing on bringing people closer to God, focusing on helping people find healing rather than. Mm-hmm. Rather than, um, you know, trying to fill a status quo. Because, yes, you might fill a status quo, but for how long? Right? And how many people will actually be blessed by what you're doing? Because if you realize, and it's also part of the music industry as well, a lot of the music, a lot of the musicians of the secular world are hurting more than healing. They are causing more damage than, than actual edification. So I remember that goes to my point where God kind of gave me an understanding of, telling a message and explaining a message that can help people not only just get close to him, but to find healing. So every song that I've made was, is, is directed towards helping people like improve. So like, if you, if you look at my EP, I have songs about like controlling emotions, finding love, you know, letting go and let God, you know, like what other mm-hmm. songs do I have? Uh, my, my playlist is not coming to my mind right now. Um, but every song I've made, is directly made towards helping people find themselves. And initially, when I first came to that conclusion, I was kind of stubborn. I'm like, no, I want to do it this way. I don't want to do it that way. Like, this is, 
that way it kind of seems boring. Nobody makes it from there. Nobody, nobody um, actually makes a real impact that way. It's, it's kind of boring. You know, all my friends like this way. Why, why is God trying to tell me to do this? God doesn't want me to succeed. God wants me to be some type of way. And at first I ignored it. I was stubborn. I was making a lot of nonsense music. And then um, I really started to see that nothing I was trying was working. <laughs> Nothing yeah. I was trying. I was always trying to, yeah. I was trying to do shows. I was trying to reach out to different people for, you know, concerts and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to collab with people, trying to do this. And I tell you, I didn't get one single collab, one single show. Nobody ever wanted to like be in the studio with me, even though I was making music. People would be like, oh, I like your music. And I'd be like, let's go to the studio. Eh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just no growth, like at all. Like everything I tried just wasn't working. Then... When I kind of changed the changed the the pathway of my music, I've seen not only just growth in myself, because when I was making music like that, I wasn't growing. Not only growth in myself, but now I've seen how many people have been blessed by my music. There's been someone that even messaged me like, what was it? Like last month, and they said, you know, when I heard one of your songs, it really touched me. Like there was a point in my life where I was depressed, and hearing your music really, really had a big influence on me, and. Mm. On top of that, like, churches have invited me to places, um, you know, like, people have wanted to collab. I've seen huge, 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 um, huge steps being made when I decided to actually just let go of what I had and just say, you know what, God, this is what you said. <laughs> as much as this is annoying for me, as much as I want to do it, like, the way I want to do it, as much as people may look at my music, some, some people may look at my music and be like, I can't relate to this, I don't like it. I'm going to follow what you said. And ever since I've done that, it's really helped. Like, I've seen not just growth in myself, like I said, but how much it's helped other people. Like, some people, like, I've gotten messages, like, literally, like, if I was to show you the messages I've gotten, people just saying, look, your music helped me through this. You've helped me through this time in my life. I heard you song about controlling, controlling my emotions. Even though I don't like controlling my emotions, I was really blessed. I've heard your song about this. I've heard... When you, when you said this about this, it really touched me. So it's like, I'm seeing growth. And not even just in music, like I said, relationship-wise, right? There's been times where um, I was, I used to be a very big situationship type of guy where um, I don't want to use the word leading people on, but I did. I'm not going to lie. Um, that was my mentality back then. Um, and But it was more so, it wasn't like it was my intention, it was because those people were kind of filling voids in my life that like mm. I needed to be filled. Right. Mm. So let's say there's this girl, I might not initially, I not, I not might, I might not want to be with her, but because maybe I have a feeling of loneliness and she's there, I'm there. I want her, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and then anytime I would try and do that, I'd always hear that one voice telling me, look, this is not good. What you're doing is not good. And I'd always, like, ignore it. And then one day I'll come to myself and I'll come to a realization that, look, this is really not good. And as much as I don't want to let it go, <laughs> I have to. Because I'm very big in, like, thinking about, like, I'm, I'm very big on, like, like, you know, obviously my mental health, but, like, trying to fill certain holes that are empty. Because when you when those holes are not empty, you find yourself doing stupid stuff, right? But realizing that, look, as much as I don't need, as much as I want these people in my life, as much as I need these people in my life, it's like I know God has a bigger plan, right? So all of this is just basically to say that once you trust God's plan, once you trust God's um, purpose for your life, as much as it might not make sense, as much as it's not ideal, as much as it might hurt, He knows why He's telling you to do it. And whatever you lose, whatever you lose in the world, you'll gain in God. So, that's my little but big amount to see, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. I don't know if your parents will actually watch this, but if they do, I hope what they hear or what they feel is proud, proud <laughs> of you, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, you said a couple of things. I wanted to comment on. I was like, nah, let me. Let me make him talk. And I'm glad I did because you helped to paint the picture of, you know, kind of your mind and your relationship, this back and forth, push and pull tug of war 
with God because you, you, I, I, we were speaking with so much conviction. Um, and I was dropping some examples of my life and like listeners know a little bit more about what I've been going through. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, hey, I know you say it like it's easy, but mm-hmm. there is something that you 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 know how hard and difficult it is, yet you say God's way. And it's interesting because you gave a couple examples and the the trend there is my way doesn't work. Mm-hmm. My way or it may work in the world because let's say people would start to collab with me with you now you're just making some feel bad music on a gra- on a bigger scale <laughs> yeah um just <laughs> making it out the suburbs returning to the streets that's killing me <laughs> um but your way even with the girls like your way wasn't it and you recognize that you felt it you recognized it and you you let it go so if they're not proud i don't know i don't know i hope everything i said makes sense <laughs> yeah it makes sense okay. it makes sense it makes sense you know he makes it's interesting because like sometimes you might think oh it's working like i do see numbers i do see growth but even <clears throat> then it's not like the way in which the world gauges success and the way that God gauges success, two different things. He doesn't judge by appearance. Mm -mm. He doesn't judge by the auto. His question is, in my opinion, so what's your heart saying? Yep. So what's your heart feeling? Because someone can have the most Idris Elba smile, height, and swag. And like we're like, that's a man. He's successful. But then it's like, uh, quick heart check. So what's its heart saying? Hey, so you've reached the end of this video. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. If you did, hit that like button. And don't forget to share it with somebody who you believe will benefit from this message.